Hi everyone, welcome to At the Devil's Ball. Uh, I am Nathaniel, and uh, with me as always is my co-host, uh, Samuel Numine. Hey, what's up? Hey. And uh, for this week, we're doing uh, our April Fool's joke, I guess, which isn't really a joke as much as it's No, just... because neither of us endorse April Fool's jokes or pranks, I don't think, in general. So <laughs> No, no, not really. Uh, not Definitely not my thing. Um but our April Fool's joke, I guess, would be that we were we're we're supposed to be doing Guest Choice Month. We're just not going to have a guest in the middle of it, right. beginning of our second Guest Choice Month, um, which is primarily just due to like scheduling conflicts. But um, but we're doing uh, April Fool's Day, uh, yes. which was which was made in what year, Sam? Uh, it came out on March twenty eighth of nineteen eighty six. March twenty eighth, nineteen eighty six, which yeah. is actually uh, two days after we're recording this episode. Uh, yep. So we'll be putting this up somewhere around that time. Um, yep. Just in time uh, for the 30th, 35th anniversary of it. You know? 35th anniversary and April Fool's Day itself. Um, and uh, See, we've been planning this along for 30, 34 years. 34 years. Yeah. Yep. yeah, when I was a, when we were small children, we, uh, yep. we were planning out uh, April Fool's Day. Um, the hardest part was getting, you know, inventing the podcast, really, to, yep. you know, because... Yep. And then, and then and not taking credit for right. inventing the podcast, um, uh, and we, of course we had to invent the iPod in order to create mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. podcast. And we but, didn't you know, that's take... what April Fools is all about. It's all about doing these really convoluted plans where where nothing if if one thing goes wrong everything everything falls apart. So what we're basically saying is our entire lives are one gigantic April Fools joke. Yep. Which actually yeah, kind of makes yeah, that's ac- accurate. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm the pranker or the pranky in this situation anymore, but you know that's fine. Yeah, I've sabotaged my own life more than enough <laughs> that I can like be like, yeah, happy April Fools, you asshole, and then get sad. It's like Nelson right. Muntz looking in the mirror. And, ah, <laughs> oh, that yeah. hurts. But um, but yeah, April Fools' Day. So before we jump into this movie, which is uh, which I love, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I remember seeing it when I was in uh, high school. And just uh, just really adoring it, um, and I've wanted to do it on this podcast for a while, and uh, was sort of waiting for April to come up, and it didn't it didn't occur to me to do it until we had the scheduling conflict, and I said, oh, well, this will be perfect. We could just throw yeah. this in there, um, and not to be confused with uh, Slaughter High, which was originally titled right. April Fool's Day, that came out I think the same year, and I think the reason why Slaughter High was not yeah. called April Fool's Day because this movie had already copyrighted the title or whatever, it already set the title. Right, and, and uh, Killer Party also came out at the same time, which is another uh, April Fool's. Oh, everybody slash. had that idea that year, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but so before we jump into this, Sam's got the vitals on this one, so. Yep, so as we said, it was released uh, March 28th of 1986. Uh, had a budget of about $5 million, pulled in about $13 million at the box office. Which is already respectable, but then it went on to have a long life on like television because, as we'll get into, it's it's the deaths happen off screen. It's not terribly gory. It's you don't have to cut around a whole lot for TV airings. Yeah, you just uh, have a couple of like sex jokes. Yeah, you have yeah. some sex jokes and a couple of you know gory effects makeups. What, what the MPAA, what the MPAA would call like uh, a suggestive material. It's yes. that's sort of what makes up a lot of April Fool's Day. Right. Uh, so it was produced uh, by Frank Bancuso Jr. Uh, who produced, you know, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, Two through Five, um, and this almost feels like a like a lost entry in that in that early Friday Thirteenth series to me. Um, directed by Fred Walton, uh, who did uh, When a Stranger Calls and When a Stranger Calls Back, both uh, really good early. Uh, would you call us slashers? Uh, they're kind of slasherish. They're kind of slasherish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, written by Danilo Bach. Uh, who wrote the original story for Beverly Hills Cop. I think that was back when it was still supposed to be a Stallone vehicle. Hmm. Um, we've got uh, the Benz, uh The composer is Charles Bernstein. Uh, did Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, yeah. Cujo, Deadly Friend, and The Entity. Uh, as far as uh, cast goes, we've got uh, Jay Baker as Harvey, Hal, Harv, the... Everybody calls him something different. Uh, he wants yeah. to be called Hal. Wants to be called uh, Pat Barlow played Clara. Uh, Lloyd Berry played the Ferryman. Uh, Deborah Foreman played Muffy slash Buffy. 
to I don't care for either of those names, but okay. So, <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Goodrich played Nikki. Uh, Tom Heaton played uh, the constable. Uh, Leah Pinson played Nan. Mike Nomad played Buck. Uh, Ked Olant played uh, Rob. Griffin O'Neill played Skip. Clayton Rohner played Chaz. Uh, from Friday 13th Part 2, uh, Amy Steele played Kit. And yep. uh, Tom Wilson of Back to the Future fame and an actually good, pretty good stand-up himself uh, played uh, Arch. Arch. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so that's our that's our that's our pretty much the whole cast. I mean, there's this there's not a whole lot of extra people in this movie. It's very no. Very I think relevant. that's I, I think that's every speaking role in the film actually. Um, right. Right. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. Every every speaking role means something in it. Every they they all have a part to play in this yeah. this film, which is also a little odd yeah yeah it's a, and um so obviously i mean like uh uh april fool's day has like uh as a twist ending mm-hmm. and uh and so i mean i guess if you haven't seen april fool's day they go watch april fool's day because we're gonna spoil right. the ending um and i think it's an ending that's that's worth not being spoiled on uh yeah if you haven't of, seen it stop and go go watch it it's uh yeah yeah it's it's it, it it's, cheats in a couple places to get to that ending, but uh, overall, sure. it it holds up well. Yeah, uh, and it and it's what makes the film a lot of fun. I think it's, yeah. what, it's what sets it apart, at any rate. And I remember uh, falling for it because I mean, so I mean, I guess we might as well just go out and say it that the it turns out nobody's killing anybody. Uh, right. It's all one big um, Muffy who owns the. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll we'll set up the film. Muffy, yeah. uh, uh, a bunch of college kids are basically being invited out to their wealthy friends' secluded. Mm-hmm house um on an island i think we're supposed to be it, it's vassar college so where's vassar i don't even know where yeah. vassar is uh, is that new california england somewhere new england somewhere i don't know um, uh, yeah well i i said new england you said california so it's uh it's either one of those places or somewhere in the middle <laughs> well now i'm gonna look it up because it's bothering me right. and i think uh but uh where is vassar college but it's uh, uh spring new york and... dutchess county new york so yes okay. it would be off the off the off uh of a lake out there, I guess, but it's a lake house. Right. And they're going to go out there and Muffy, it turns out the whole thing is basically Muffy in order to keep the house, she's going to get it for her inheritance has to be able to prove that it can basically stand on its own weight. And it turns out right. that she's going to turn it into a murder mystery house. Yeah. But in order, but in order to see if the clues work, she has to do a dry run with unwitting, uh, unwitting participants. And so she's right. basically bumping everybody off um, and, uh, and the whole thing reveals that, you know, it's just a game that she's been playing with everybody. Um, and, and they don't really get that mad about it, which is really kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. Amy Steele's mad for about, you know, a minute. And then she's like, you know, oh, you guys. You Rod, Rod and, and Amy Steele's boyfriend, Rod, they're the main characters. Amy Steele right. is the final, is the final girl character in this movie. And then her boyfriend, right. Rod, um, is, uh, they're both, they're both pretty upset at the very, very end. Um, yeah, but and they leave, they, they, they leave they get him in the closet it. for a long ass time, screaming. You know, yeah. Before they... In fact, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie is that because it's uh, basically right at the very end of the movie, like Amy Steele walks into a room and finds out all of her friends are still alive, right. and then Rod has actually been locked in a closet thinking Kit's being murdered, right. and so he's yelling like Kit, I love you, and then uh, yeah. what the makeup effects guy shows up with like a fake with like fake uh, a fake eye injury, and yeah, says like, I love the, you he too, was the buddy. First kill. He was yeah. the first kill. Uh, he died uh, on the ferry ride over, basically. And, yeah. Uh, which yeah. that that right away would spoil everybody's weekend, but they get over it pretty quick. Uh, except that, for the know, guy who felt smashed with the boat. Yeah, except for the guy who felt responsible. <laughs> except for Skip, who obviously has a really really bad time of it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we're uh, gonna get into that because I feel like this. Uh, while while this is you know basically a murder mystery weekend. Um, Buffy slash Muffy is is kind of a kind of mean to yes. to her quote unquote friends in this. Uh, the way yeah. She, oh yeah. The way she Absolutely. Them. But yeah, my favorite part is still like the the makeup effects guy shows up and says like I love you too, buddy. And Rod actually just punches him in the face. It's right. My, it's I, and I burst out laughing every time like he just hits him. Um, yeah, and rightfully and it, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and then Rod like runs out and finds out that the whole thing's a joke. But um, but yeah, like the it it felt like such a real reaction. Like he just is like ah. He just throws a punch, um, right. 
And yeah, like, it's just, not like he, he he registered what was going on and then punched him. Like he was just still jacked up. Like he, he was, know, he was just yeah, he thought yeah, he thought he thought Kit was being murdered. Right. Um and um but yeah, I mean I think that's and that's one of the things that really works for me about this movie is I feel like everybody's reactions are, are feel honest. These characters feel really lived into me. Oh yeah. I, I don't you know, like everybody seems to be just completely committed to their role. Mm-hmm. And um they, to the point where I really buy, like, these people are, were, like, kind of real. They just felt right. real to me. The well, only other movie I can... Everybody but Hal was was cast early enough where they could go hang out in British Columbia before they started filming and build a yeah. rapport. Yeah. And Frank Mancuso was back in L.A. trying to find somebody to play Hal, and he was just having no luck. So he was the last to come, which kind of works because he's kind of the outsider. Everybody else yeah. kind of feels like they're well off um, mm-hmm. financially, and he's, you know, the farm boy. Who probably just got a scholarship or something? Yeah, yeah. That they 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 certainly imply that he's after he's after Muffy's money. Like he's hoping to right. score. He's hoping to 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 court Muffy, right? That he'll make some money. Um, but yeah, he they it. He, but he also dresses very well to the point where he yes. comes across as being very uh, very up up to it. They the only one they establish is most definitely not coming from privilege is Rod. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, who uh, literally his his entire conflict is he's just been told he's not that his his uh, his advisor has told him not to bother going to medical school. Right. Which what kind of advisor tells you know? But uh, but uh, well, Rod's I mean, statement is that he he lacks an essential seriousness to being a doctor, and I'm like, what? Well, the whole friggin' movie, uh, from what I understand, Scrubs is pretty real. Right. Uh, the TV show Scrubs, and so doctors aren't that serious anyway. But um, no. they just act serious when they walk in the room. Yeah, they're no um, more serious than anybody else. Um, yeah, I, th- but, I think what they were trying to say in that was that he just wasn't the kind of guy who was going to buckle down and do the work necessary to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which maybe take, considering better. Yeah, and considering how 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 hard Rod takes the news, I I would I would assume that his advisors got him pegged entirely right. wrong. Right. Because Rod takes that very, very, very seriously. And uh, it, it becomes a central conflict, the whole film, to the point where there is the scene at the boathouse, when, uh, mm. which kicks off the action of the movie because it's when they find the first body. Right. Um, but Rod is like, you know, uh, basically more or less telling Kit, Amy Steele, that she should probably break up with him because... He's not going to be nobody. Yeah. He's not going to be anybody, yeah. And he's like, all of them are all going to be... All those other guys up in that house are going to be fine. Like right. they're all they're all coming from, obviously from money, right. and Rod is clearly. I think Rod always feels to me like the scholarship guy, you know, like yeah. Um and uh, but yeah, the the rest of them are clearly coming from some sort of privileged background. Um, and yeah, this uh, thing is just chock a block full of like uh, '80s yuppie stereotypes. Like you almost expect halfway through the movie for them to run into like you know the cast of one crazy summer and them to be jerks to them or, or something like yeah, that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause normally these would, let's face it. These would be the bad guys in a lot of those eighties uh, uh, sex comedies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some of them at least. Um, but they, they, but the thing is they actually, like Tom they, Wilson's whole thing is that he's, you know, he, he's got two modes, uh, collar up and collar, collar down. up and collar down. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually was watching the movie show, you know, I forgot to write down how many times, but I was just noticing every, every time he walks into a room, he just pops that collar again, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. like that's the 80th be... thing ever guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You could collar up and collar down, which is the, yeah. which is implied if he gets collar up, he's on the prowl. Right. For a he's lady. always on the prowl in this. And he's always on the prowl. Um, uh, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, we get the impression that they're kind of jerks, but they, they seem yeah. to like each other. Yeah, they're all, uh, they, they're all pretty much friends. They're all, yeah. you know, like, they know each other, which is, when we talked about Night of the Demons, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, did I did I say the right title this time? I always get that one. You do, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> where where yeah. we talk about like there feels like there's a couple different friends groups that don't really overlap, but this yes. one, outside of maybe you know Buffy slash Muffy uh, being aloof the whole film, but that's there's a reason for that. Um, yeah, they all feel like they know each other. They all feel like they've hung out before, you know. Yeah, except for Nan and uh, Harvey, Harvey slash Hal, who are right. both outsiders who were invited by Muffy. Um, and, uh, and, and again, that seems like it's the way the movie's set up. It seems like that's supposed to be something of a tip off, but, uh, right. 
But um, but yeah, like uh, there's there's a whole subplot of Nan, um, as Muffy ends up putting it at the end of the movie, taking a clue too seriously. Right. Um, which and then, it, but it also begs the question: Is did Muffy mean it to just be a clue, or was she like legitimately screwing with Nan? But uh, although Nan did say there was no, Nan did say like did say that there was no reason why Muffy should know that right. she must have found out because Nan, the I, I guess they set up this Nan confronts you're talking, her. You're talking about the abortion, right? Yeah, Nan confronts yeah, Muffy and right. says, uh, "How'd you find out from one of his frat boy friends?" Right. And so the impression that she had gotten pregnant from a one night stand kind of deal and had an abortion. And Muffy put a clue that was supposed to be because the whole the whole setup the 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 end of the mystery is it's supposed to be Muffy's sister Buffy twin sister right. has gone had gone insane as a right. child and was and institutionalized escaped. and has escaped and has and, returned to the Saint John right. home at the same time they're all there and, and is killing people and even as a slasher movie like that that whole setup sounds like something that people would instantly buy into I think it helps yeah. the uh, the big twist at the end because you know the early 80s that's what every slasher movie was like this person was either dead or or, or in a mental institution and they've come back on a holiday basically (laughs) i mean it's the halloween thing yeah and they're even informed of it by like uh by uh telegram like it's it's very yeah i mean it uh, it it plays with a lot of tropes that um and in, in a lot of ways i feel like this is another movie that's very proto scream like oh, uh, that, it's it's definitely leaning on the genre. Yeah, it's trying I mean, to it, it, your it, expectations it, of the rules of the of of a slasher movie. And yeah, you know. it says this is basically an atypical slasher, and then at the end pulls a it pulls an April Fool's joke on the horror mm-hmm. audience. It says, "By the nope, we weren't actually watching a horror movie at all. You were watching a kind of a sex comedy." Right. That that. Uh, you know, if you watch the movie, it was just a sex comedy. This is another. This is yeah. This is another movie that I think you've talked about a couple of other times that we when we have an ensemble cast that you could probably just watch them. Yeah, like hang out. It would probably be a fun movie. Like, um, I Tom, think that if we Tom Wilson's by far my favorite person in this, and he's playing a character that I normally would hate. You know, that's <laughs> that's shows... Skip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arch. Skip. Uh, the, Arch. Arch. The, yes. The guy with the, the collar. You know. The one yes, the collar guy. Yeah. The guy who played Biff, you know, the the year before. And Holy shit! Gonna, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the guy who played Biff the year before. But he's so he's 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 so personable in this that like yeah. you get it. You know, it's, it's he's not one of the first you know, the first couple of things they show him doing is goofing around with one of his other friends, and you know, they do like the stupid knife game where they throw the knife. Stretch, yeah, the yeah, game stretch, stretch, which I had never heard of before this movie. <sighs> I feel like I had heard of it somewhere, but it might have just been the first time I watched this movie. But I, I don't understand even how that game works. But um, I think the idea is that you 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 throw the knife into the into the board, and then you have to you know, the other guy has to str- has to without falling over or bending over. Uh, uh, can only yeah, I think you can be. only bend I think you can only bend at the waist because you have to right. stretch to get the knife out. And right. so the idea is Skip is uh, that Arch is losing. It just the sounds game like a good way to, over. to to ruin a perfectly good knife. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, like you know, they they show him fooling around with his other friends. They have that little video montage at the beginning, you know, and he's just he's like, "I fuck on the first date," and then they're yeah. you know they're joking about how like him and his best friend fuck on the first date, and it's not. It's hard to explain in a way. It's not. It's not. It's not his best friend, Skip. He just met. Right. Him. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. They Skip is the other guy that isn't. Uh, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves anyway. Yes. But, but basically, the film opens with yeah. The film opens as you said with a video montage where they show um, a character Nikki, who right. bears a striking resemblance to one of my old bosses. It's really weird. Like one of my, I was like, you know, it's it's not her. I, right. <laughs> I mean, but I was like, wow. I I worked for a woman uh, at one of the hotels I worked at years and years ago, who mm. looked an awful lot like Nikki. Um, but uh, and it was it was kind of to him like almost uncanny. Except that, of course right. she didn't wear eighties clothing, right? You know, well, but um, that would have been a tip clothing. off right there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but she basically is, is opening with like uh, with a very like kind of wholesome monologue about how a nice person she is, and then sort of says, "I fuck on the first date." And right. They cut to to him, and he's like, uh, and they're like, "What about you? Uh, what about you, Arch?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, I fuck on the first date, and then <laughs> right. Skip Skip laughs, and he goes, "We did, we did," right. and he grabs Skip, and Skip's like, "What? What, what are you doing, man?" Yeah. But um, 
But yeah, everybody seems to be a good sport. They're all having a good time, and um, they're about ready to get on the ferry. And at the last, then Nan shows up and is sort of not their kind of people. No. Um, and uh, tries really hard to to endear herself to the group, and and they don't really want her around. And it's it's probably the only time where I feel like these people are kind of unlikable. Is I feel like they're a little uncharitable to Nan, but um, especially since I think Nan is my kind of person like that i think nan out of any of them would be the type of person i would actually want to talk to probably because yeah. she's she's like you know they even joke around like skip show and he's like you know uh i'm on a mission to bed as many women as i uh, as i possibly can mm. uh nan's out because right. you know well she likes the theater and right. and i'm like that 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 disqualifies her in in arch's world and i'm like right. that i think that's probably actually more what i would look for Right, and that's me. also a clue because, you know, they also just say that, you know, oh, well, we know, you know, uh, Muffy from, she was in the theater classes with Nan, I believe. Yeah, if, Nan, Nan, yes, Nan, Nan, yes, Nan, uh, Nan does state that uh, that Muffy's actually a solid actress, mm-hmm. that she was in Ghosts, which is, uh, I've heard of that play, but I don't think I've ever seen it. No, I've not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, but it, I think it's a real play, but yeah, it's, she's, um, but yeah, they uh, they aren't very nice to Nan, and then no. um, they're not mean to Nan. They're just no. not no. really that interested in like talking to her. And then uh, at the last minute, Robin and um, uh, Hal Harvey shows up, and and right. Hal immediately does the same thing Nan does in a much more forceful manner, where he tries to ingratiate himself very very quickly, and um, everybody thinks he's kind of obnoxious. Right, because he is. He's an obnoxious yeah. guy. They're all a little obnoxious. In They're all way. a little obnoxious, but yeah. But it's interesting to see where we, you do have a film where you have a group of characters who all know each other, right. uh, respond to suddenly meeting people yeah. that uh, they they didn't expect to show up, right. and uh, uh, they um, and uh, they also yeah. None and, of them and, seemed like they were privy privy to the entire guest list. I mean. No, uh, especially no. with these last two, um, you know. Yeah, we see their group of friends, and then we see they they say Skip is is Muffy's cousin, right? Uh, which is ultimately revealed he's actually the twin brother. Right. Uh, she does have a twin, but it's it's uh, it's not Buffy. It's it's Skip, right. and they, then she reveals that then Skip reveals that he did not know what was going to happen either, and Muffy probably I mean uh, said as you had mentioned earlier, kind of traumatizes him. Mm-hmm. Um, in a big way, and he actually spends uh, I mean, tra- what little. She traumatizes all of them. In, yeah, in, in, but the rest fashion. of them they they shrug it well, off. But well, like, well, we we had gotten to the point, you know, they had been quote unquote dead long enough to where they would have, you know, yeah. either decided to to go with it or not, and they all decided to go with it. Yes, uh, but I mean, any of these people, like you know, uh, Arch, you know, is left is caught in like a a rope trap and swinging upside down, and somebody comes up to what you think is gonna, you know, slit his throat, but he's also being attacked by a snake and you yeah. know he's not yeah. having a good day before it's revealed that, you know, that's this is all no. an act. Um, no. And none of but them are happened... having a good day until they quote unquote die. I mean Yeah. And that's the thing is Skip is but they're on the ferry, Skip is playing around with Arch and they play a prank where they jump and, and Skip is told apparently they they they, ins- they insinuate that Skip was supposed to pull the prank on the ferry. That was the only thing he was set up on. Was yeah. that he was supposed to sit, play the prank, but he didn't know that the the uh, deckhand on the ferry was a makeup effects artist and was going to stage his own horrifying accident, right? Um, where he gets his face crushed uh, or yeah, cut no, open by a propeller. If I'm gonna show a, if I'm gonna you know start a start a fake accident, that's not the route I would go because there's too much uh, room for things to actually go wrong. <laughs> Well, that's but that's, it, a, it's, that's it's good kind of a problem let, with the the whole the film thing. as a whole. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that. Uh, but yeah. I, it's uh, but it shows you know first they do the fake prank within the movie. Everybody knows it's a fake prank right away, and then they do quote unquote the real death. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's also working on the audience to show that you know okay, well you already saw the joke, the April Fool's joke, so this one has to be real. Yeah, and that, you know because. 20 seconds later, a guy gets smashed by a boat. And yeah, and it's your setup. Um, it's right. your setup for most of the film because they when when people start getting – because what happens next is then Skip is uh, is is super upset 
that he caused but, somebody's accident. Yeah, but I'm saying that's the first time that the film shows it's aware of its audience. Yeah. And the audience's expectations and how the audience is going to see things as well. Because I Definitely. think that's just as important yeah. as, as the as the pranks within the film. Yeah. Is that it, it shows the audience, you know, it, it makes the audience be in on, well, not in on the joke, but part of the prank. You know, they're being pranked as much as the, the characters. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, the idea is that uh, this sets up the rest of Skip is really super upset that he's caused this accident. Um, and it's the only one who seems to be particularly upset by it. The rest of them right. kind of shrug kind of shrug it off. Um, Even the ferryman. I mean, if I were the ferryman and this is real life, I'd be like, no, we're turning around. We're, we're going, we're yeah. all going back. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the ferryman, to file a the, police report. <laughs> the ferryman jump takes, throws the, the deckhand onto a speedboat. Right. And speeds away to take him to a hospital. And the constable basically says, like, nobody go anywhere. I have questions right. for you if something happens to him. Basically kind of saying, like, if he dies, you're all in trouble. Right. Um, and you probably are all in trouble anyway. Yeah. And they – but they, everybody just sort of says, like, okay, well, yeah, we're not going to let this – Yeah, you're looking at best-case scenario, you know, wrongful death lawsuit against all of you. I mean <laughs> – Yeah, reckless yeah, reckless endangerment, at least against right. Skip and Arch, who yeah, were yeah. the two who, who pulled the prank. Um, right. um and uh, you know, which was which in and of itself was a pretty unfunny prank. It involved uh, Arch throwing a, a fake knife into Skip's stomach, and right. everybody thinking that Skip actually fell off the boat with a knife inside of him. And yeah, if people they if jump people in to think, try and help him, if people think that Shelley from you know Friday Thirteenth Part Three was was an asshole for faking his death, I mean, uh, you gotta these guys are just as bad. <laughs> yeah, these guys are pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty horrible trick to play. Uh, and then, but it also, I think it, that to a degree also sets up that you know, when when the ultimate reveal comes, that maybe right. that's why they're not that upset. Is they're they're just not dangerous. Like yeah. okay, you know, but, we'll you know, again, off. we only see, um, Amy and her boyfriend, or Kit and her boyfriend, being. In the moment where it's being revealed to them that, yeah. that this is all fake, we don't yeah. we don't get to see. We don't need to see really um, all the other characters getting explained. Okay, this is all a put on. Mm-hmm. Now help me get the rest of these assholes because it's going to be funny as hell. You know, right, right. Um, but yeah, but uh, it's also an interesting moment with the the prank on the ferry. Rod is the only one who jumps into the water. Of the group right. of friends. Rod <laughs> right. is the, Rod's the one who's willing to go into the water to try and help yeah. this guy. Uh, him and the deckhand. And then the deckhand right. gets crushed. Um, but the idea is that after the accident, um, the fake accident, Skip is is pretty upset. And the rest of right. them sort of just say, like, well, we're not going to let this ruin our weekend. Right. And um, and they go back to kind of joking around. Uh, I mean, it's notable that Skip does not join them for any of that frivolity. He just disappears. Right. And when we see him, he's just getting really drunk and uh, uh, and waxing kind of uh, waxing kind of philosophically that his father doesn't like him. Right. Uh, that he and his father don't get along. And Nan, once again, we see Nan is actually a pretty good person. and She's the only one who actually tries to console him. Right. Um, uh, where everybody else just sort of lets him kind of go off on his own. Yeah. And uh, then we have a bunch of a bunch of jokes, little pranks inside the house. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some character moments, um, with, uh, uh, in particular, uh, you know, Rod reveals that he's not going to medical school. Uh, Arch sort of makes light of it and, um, makes light of everything. And they all just sort of realize that they're kind of, they have a brief moment of self-awareness where he says like, right. what's everybody doing after college? And nobody has an answer. And, um, and they're all like, you know, we are, you know, extremely wealthy and privileged. We don't really have to do anything after college um and uh but then uh skip is seemingly bumped off in the boathouse and then the next day um rod and skip have their conversation about um his future and then they find skip's body right or they see skip's body and Mm -hmm. what impresses me about this movie is that they there's no um there's no moment of disbelief with these characters they immediately just say like he's like we saw skip he looked dead Right. And Arch is immediately like, okay, uh, I'm picking up an oar and I'm going to go find him. Or if someone tries to kill me, I'm going to hit them with an oar. Right. Um, they don't, they they never have that moment of like, yeah, right, Rod and Kit. They're like, nope, okay, right. someone's well, probably dead. Well, well, first of all, this is a pretty tight movie. Um, mm-hmm. Comes in under an hour and a half. And allegedly, there was another half an hour in the third act that they ended up not using because 
it just didn't work apparently um huh. where they had some more you know twists at the end and they're like this is too much simple yeah it. yeah um but yeah, it would undercut, you know, how the the audience is taking in the movie to to have the characters go, well, no, you're just full of shit. Yeah. Um, you can't. You need to have everybody in on, you know, treating it as real until the reveal is made. I think otherwise you'll yeah. you could lose the smarter audience members. You know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if they if they had said like, yeah, you're full of shit, the audience might have started thinking maybe the movie's full of shit. Right. Um. um and it's interesting. I mean, I think when you when I shouldn't you, have said smarter audience members. I should have said like the ones that are you know thinking of it as a mystery or thinking of it as you know uh, it could be a put on. I mean, yes, or how much you're paying attention to the movie would be a better way to put it. I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think what that and that it the that's why I said at the beginning of this episode to be like if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie before right. listening to this because. Because they even they even reference being in an Agatha, Agatha Christie novel at some point, don't they? Uh, yes, she actually says literally out of, uh, out of Agatha Christie. Uh, Nan does, and it's yeah, and it, and it is. It's it's basically yeah, it's ten, ten little Indians. Ten, it's ten little Indians. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but yeah, it's um, and it's a little it's it's really fun for that. But the, and at the time that they were making this movie, um, this is probably like the last of like that, you know, second wave of, of slasher movies before they started doing, you know, like Nightmare started taking off and they started putting more mm-hmm. fantastical elements in it. Um, where a lot of the selling point of the movies in these early waves of slasher films were we don't know who the killer is. We're trying to figure out who the killer is. Yeah. And they were kind of selling it to the audience as well. Like, you know, try to figure out who the killer is before, you know, every movie was like, okay, it's Jason. We know it's Jason. It's always Jason. Right. You know? Yeah. Um and so, yeah, I think that uh, if you if you tip it too much, because I think there are going to be some audience members who are trying to figure out, okay, who's the killer here? Um, and if you tip your hand too much, they're going to figure out, well, there's no killer. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. they even, you know, they, they point you to the right direction. They give you the clues as to who the killer is in this murder mystery, and it's right. It's 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 Buffy. It's, it's, yeah, right. it's Muffy. It's Muffy. Muffy's sister, Buffy. Yeah. Who isn't really Buffy, but is actually Muffy, right? Yeah. So it doesn't lead you astray in that regard either. Um, no, they reveal it pretty quickly. That that they mm-hmm. basically the next, and that's the other thing is that the next day after they they have dinner, and the next day Muffy is acting completely different, mm-hmm. um, and in in looking creepy, and right. uh, and that's when we start realizing, you know, that because that's because that's the second phase of the mystery is you know well is this you know. It'd be easier for the people in, the, in this murder mystery to jump to the conclusion that it's the host. Yes. Um, you know, Clue came out this year as well, didn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, to to put that twist in there of like, well, it's not really Muffy. You know, they have to go find and dig up information to find out that Muffy even has a, a, a fictional twin sister who is a lunatic. Yeah. Um, so they even put the red herring in there a little bit, you know, to, at first you think it's probably her that it's okay. It's her crazy sister. Well, they actually, the red herring is, is, is Buck is the, right. uh, uh, the fair, the, the deck hand gets hurt. That's the first red herring. Yeah. Yeah. Because they think, cause that's the thing is that they think Skip's been bumped off. The guy who mm-hmm. did the person who did it is probably obviously the guy Skip nearly killed yesterday. Right. And, and which is a, hor- which well. is the horror movie trope. You know, right. his, his face is screwed up. Of course he's well, the yeah, killer. He's going to come back driving, with a mask. Yeah. As they're driving him away, he's screaming, it's you, you did it. Yeah, you, know? you did it. Yeah. Like, it's I'm all gonna, your fault. He's doing everything but calling, you know, yelling, I'm coming back here to kill you all. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they obviously think it's Buck. And uh, and and I think the horror audience probably just thinks it's Buck. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, they caused an accident. That This is this is like the burning. You know, right. it's and like. Then, uh, and then it moves on. You know, they realize it's not Buck. So they start thinking maybe it's the host. And so the, the movie starts throwing, you know. Well, is it the host or is it her twin sister? It's, it, it's got right. this progression to the mystery where somebody – I don't know how they wrote this movie, but it feels like they did write it as like a, a murder mystery. I think Trying so to too. think of that in that way to uh, to have it make sense. Yeah, otherwise I think they, it would just fall apart. Yeah, it worked backwards, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think they were like, we know the ending. We just have to figure out how we get there. Right, and, but they knew uh, well enough to throw these twists and turns that you would normally see. Yes, which you know, and and ones that and they're would not be... lampshading it. They're not lampshading it either. It'd be really no. easy to to just be like, oh, you know, 
we're 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 taking the piss on ourselves and how these movies are, but they're playing us straight. Yeah, and it, but actually, once they reveal the ending, if you go back and watch it again, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is like again, like kind of like the point where I'm like, you know, if you rewatch this, the joke is so obvious. Yeah, in so many ways. Right. Um, but that the movie's called April Fool's Day. Uh, you know, everybody's screwing around. It ha- like we said, it has more in common right. with a with a teen sex farce than it does with a horror film. Um, you know, uh, it takes almost 20 minutes, I think, for anybody to get bumped off. Yeah, it was Um, weird because when I was looking into, you know, who was right, who wrote and directed this, like, I was surprised that there wasn't more like, you know, 80s comedy, uh, DNA in this, uh, from like the writer is almost written on IMDb is not, has not written much other stuff. Yeah. I was expecting to see that he wrote like, you know, some second tier sex comedies like Porky's, you know. Yeah, Zach's um, too. Yeah. 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 Um, they had a knowledge of, of what the kids were into those days, I guess. But um Yeah. And there's only a couple of points where I think it cheats, and the one is uh when the constable calls and he's obviously in a hospital yeah. hallway. Yeah. Um I don't know what they were thinking there, but that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, and also that's what that was. That was my next point. Was that the other thing? If you watch this movie after the fact, right? You see, like, um, like, like you said, it's a, it's also sort of cheating, but it's also unbelievably coincidental mm-hmm. that if you are if you are a savvy viewer, you're like, oh, that's a, you know, like Rod and Kit literally find they find the constable's uh, uh, a speedboat. And on right. the speedboat is the telegram. He's just left the envelope there. Right. Uh, and they pick it up and read it um, and uh, uh, and read the information that, you know, mm-hmm. Muffy's twin sister, Buffy's escaped the mental institution. Right. Uh, and that is so coincidental that yeah. I think that if you were watching this movie, if this were an actual slasher film, you'd be like, what the hell? Right. That doesn't make any sense. But it was, it's a clue left for them to yeah. find. What I'm Suddenly, saying is this, like, is, well, this is a clue that's, that's actually, you know, false for the viewer is having him yeah. be in the hospital when he calls. It's like that's – Yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, he could have just been, you know, I'm sorry you'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel like Homer said. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And just said he was at the hospital. We don't have to see him at the hospital because he there's no reason for him to actually be calling from the hospital after we know how the movie ended. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and no, yeah, you're right. There's no reason for him to be there unless, uh, like, someone star sixty nine or something. I guess was that I mean, even like, a thing? I don't even know if it was a thing. And then, yeah, uh, but you're right. There's no reason for him to be in the hallway except to, to fool the audience, right? Um, where they could have yeah, just had a voiceover, you know, like Rod on the phone. Yeah, you just you just have you hear his voice coming over the phone. And he's like, oh, I'm calling from the hospital because they don't call him. They try to call him, but they couldn't get to him. They couldn't get to him. He calls them, so he could have been called from anywhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it didn't make sense. But I was expecting, especially when I went through to watch this a second time, to find more moments like that where they're cheating us as the audience. Mm-hmm. There's really not. No. Uh, I couldn't really find any other big examples of that other than, you know, things are being too complicated to work in the real world. Or I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe the only other one I could think of that would be a little bit of a cheat is, um, is we see a lot of Muffy or, or Buffy acting like Buffy – Right. In private moments that yeah. um oh, that's that yeah. that are that are a little bit like why is she acting like that if no one's around? She um, could be method. Maybe she's just method, you know. Yeah, well that's the only thing I could think of the same thing with the constables, if they were like right. uh if they if if time if, if they wanted to time it to be exactly how long it would take right. to get back from the hospital, maybe right. he's at the hospital to do that, so it would actually take him that long to get back. But that's again. That's, a, that's long, a little stretch. Yeah, but that's a long be. walk, and it also would be the right. idea that they well, Kit, do Kit and Rod know how long? Because it'd be it would yeah, take? it'd be it'd be easier. Um, they could be you know saying like oh well if we call the hospital and he's not there we know he's full of shit. Yeah. Um, but you know there's also the fact that you know they've established that um, communication with the outside world is iffy at best. Yes. Um, so they could have just, you know, if, if you were trying to work out that part of the story, you would just be like, okay, well, shut the phones off. <laughs> yeah. Um, which they almost certainly had done before. Right. They right. turned them back on so that, that he right. could call the house. Um, I mean, there's, there's parts of this that, that don't work in another way where, you know, I, I realized that she's going all out for this to be the test run. Um, yes. You know, she's not going to have all this personal information to mess with the individual guests, obviously. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's things that she has them doing, like, you know, the whole well sequence of like, dude, somebody's going to die doing that for yeah. reals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't be doing There are a lot well. of. Liability uh, issues is what I wrote down yeah. really big. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they draw them to the well to, to make sure they see the bodies where I'm like, yeah, you could have found a much safer way to do that. However, right. the only thing would be that uh, the makeup effects probably wouldn't have wouldn't have been as convincing if the character wasn't in peril. Well, yeah, there's um, also, you know, there's a couple of parts where they are actually coming into contact with quote a dead, you know, a dead body, and it's like, well, you'd be able to tell in real life, but yeah, suspension of disbelief. I, it's, it's yes. working at that point. You've already bought into this thing as a slasher film. Yes, um, I don't have any problem with that. It's just like some like like with the uh, the rope trap. I mean, hmm. do you, do you really want to do that to a person? <laughs> they could go really wrong really easily. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Like that, uh, you know? and, it nearly, and it nearly does. I mean, they even yeah. point out she's like, "I didn't know about the snake." Right. Like, you know, there was a snake trying to bite him, um, yeah. and uh, that the, you know he wasn't supposed to be in any danger. But I'm like, yeah, but you put you still set up a snare trap, like right. you know. And, you, and like, theoretically, you don't know which person's going to step into the snare trap. No, and you don't know how you know. you're going to flail about when you're in the snare trap, none of that. But, you know, then I started thinking yeah. about it of selling this to, like, you know, a teenage audience. Yeah. Uh, or or having this planned mastermind by somebody who's 20 going on 21. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe they would make stupid lapses in judgment like that. Maybe. You know? <laughs> I would buy that, yeah. I mean, right. but I was going to say, like, you know, uh, Arch is easily the biggest of the group. I feel like that right. rope, that, that rope could have snapped. If you mm-hmm. didn't plan on it, you know, like he's probably a two, he's at least 220. Yeah, he's a big dude. Like, yeah, uh, I was going to be like, you know, you know. Hey, you I mean, he's big enough to planned. play a bully at Back to the Future. He's, he's, he's a big yeah. guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, but yeah. And then, of course, they point out, uh, they the only thing they do point out, Rod says that at the end, which is Muffy, you could have gotten yourself really hurt. Right. And Muffy says, well, I nearly did because Hal had a gun. Yeah. And uh, And I was like, you know, I didn't expect a gun. And I was like, "Well, um, there again, I'm outside. I'm also looking at I'm also looking at Arch, you know, and I'm like, yeah. you know, if you, you know, the only way you could have gotten him is with the snare why, trap. Why did that guy bring a gun? I don't know. Did they ever really establish that? No, I don't know. Hal, yeah, just Hal has a weapon. I mean, because they could have just easily said, you know, oh, we only have the one gun and it's in the safe, and then later they find the gun's missing. Yeah." Um, they they made it a point of saying there's no guns here, and then they just yeah, no sh- guns, yeah. Cut immediately to him, you know, pulling out a gun that he's hidden in his his overnight bag for no reason. Yeah, I'm like what? And it doesn't, <laughs> and it and it doesn't. It's uh, it's actually the opposite of a Chekhov's gun. It, yeah. it doesn't actually, yeah. he doesn't fire it. No, um, he he never gets a shot off. Oh, can you um, imagine? Can you imagine if there's an alternate cut where he just shoots the shoots the killer, and they're like, oh yeah. shit, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, um, that's uh, that's actually the plot of um. There's a film called a very little known film called Catacombs, which has a very right. similar idea, which is uh, stars Shannon Sossaman. Mm-hmm. And she goes to like this overnight, this like big rave uh, in this, right. like, these underground caverns in like Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the idea is that uh, she ends up being stalked by a serial killer who bumps off some people. And at the end of the movie, she turns the t- turns, uh, turns the tables on the killer and kills him. Right. And it turns out she's uh, it's a uh, it's a prank. Well, good. I'm glad she killed that fucker then. Yeah, exactly. They, it turns out they were messing with her, right. and uh, and they're like, "Oh my god, uh, you know, you just killed, you know, Biff or whatever." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "And it, it, that's sort of the ending of the movie." <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's and like then, the and then they have like 20 minutes of Lin Shay, you know, thinking it's a toy gun, you know. <laughs> Wait, that's a whole different movie. That's dead. It's a whole different mind. movie. But yeah, the but um, this I think the April Fool's Day is the first time this that twi- this twist has been pulled. It's not the last though. Right, um, right. There have been other films who have pulled this. Um, in fact, there was a remake of April Fool's Day. Yeah, um, I, I did not hear good things, and I did not. I, I barely remember it. I did see it, um, and I, from what I remember, if memory serves, the idea is that they they do the tw- this twist and then they subvert it, where um, it's it's similar. It's sort of a combination of the ending I just mentioned about Catacombs and right. April Fool's Day, which is the idea that they're actually playing the playing the prank specifically on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the main character, which was Scout Taylor Tom, uh, Compton from okay. Rob Zombie's Halloween. Right. Um, and what I think what ends up happening is it turns out she, but the twist is that she knew they were doing it and is actually planning her own revenge and like actually like kills somebody. I can't remember anymore. It's a long time. Yeah, there was um, like a, the, I, 
I'd watched um, a Q&A from uh, the women of this movie, and they had mentioned something about that third act, the different third act, where it was like Skip comes back for revenge and you know tries to kill uh, Muffy, and it's like just way too complicated. It sounds like yeah. they tried to tried to lean more into that. Apparently, um, apparently they did a novelization of this movie as well that's uh, sold pretty well, and it was used to the earlier draft of the script as well. So. Hmm. If you can find that, maybe we'll know for sure what 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 that was about. But it doesn't really matter because I feel like this is the good good ending to go with. Um, and even yeah. this feels feels the ending feels a little long, even in this. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I like. Uh, I mean, I I I really love this ending. I think it's what works for well, me. Is it's, it's such the, a clever the part, ending. The part where I think it's too long is where you know, they have Buffy go back to her room and then somebody fake kills her. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like. Guys, you could just, you could have just stopped. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's Nan getting her revenge for the you stop the you stop abortion yeah, you, thing yeah right you stop with the party and you you play too bad you're crazy and everybody goes home that's you know yeah 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 and so they have Nan get her get her back right. um, with the very very last thing which but you, not which, really I mean you know that didn't even why would she have been frightened by that she already knew that this weekend was this weekend. It doesn't make sense for Buffy to even fall for that, you know? Well, uh, she was really, really fucking drunk. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. Mean, she was drunk as hell. And probably didn't expect that to occur. Um, right. But, yeah, uh, but, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a probably one more thing that they probably didn't need to do. Um, right. Or, uh, you know, or they could have done something different. And, uh they had but set up had a the, perfectly they had, good ending. You didn't need you didn't need one more twist. You didn't need no. one last scare, so to no. speak. No. Although theoretically, if you wanted to go the whole route, like what you're talking about as a subversion of a horror film, it kind of mm-hmm. need need uh, a last scare. Uh, you, they all you had think? one. Yeah, I, I they just all felt did. like that was. I felt like that was just one, one. one button too many. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you could say that for a lot of eighties. Uh, 80 slasher films, one and I usually film. and I usually but, do. But, I mean, but yeah, but yeah. here after they've yeah. already you know given away the game, it's it's not it's it's not effective. It doesn't work. I don't think. No, already, no, I'm I, 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 I it off that point. I do agree. I do agree with you. It doesn't really work. But I think right. I see what they were doing, and I think yeah. that there was one Makes more sub, one more subversion of of slasher movie tropes, which is the one last scare. Right. Um, you know the last jump scare where something I mean, if horrible you happens to, subvert, to the main character. Yeah, if you wanted to subvert that trope, I guess you would have it actually just be she really does slit her throat, but that would be too dark an ending as well. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't follow up the uh, everybody's cool with this with right. uh, with uh, with outright murder um, yeah. because it, because they are all remarkably cool with yeah. uh, with what they've been put through. As you said, like I mean, like Nikki, uh, like you know, uh, as we talked about, like Arch nearly gets bitten by a snake. Right. Nikki he falls his into trousers. The, I mean, yeah, he shit, shit himself. Yeah, and Nikki falls into the well. Um, and like no judgment somebody, there. I, I, w- I would have shit my pants as well. There's no judgment. Oh, probably. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what I mean. Is that uh, it's it's uh, it's a little bit weird that none of them get mad because it's right. uh, and and as you said, they had some time to get over it. But uh, the the idea that uh, as I said, Skip uh, Skip really believed he really hurt somebody really badly. Right. Um, like Arsh nearly got bit by a snake. Nikki falls in a well. Um, Hal was ready to shoot somebody. Right. Um, Kit was just being, you know, tormented. I mean, by the end. Yeah. There. I mean. Yeah. Kit. Kit. Uh, and uh, yeah. And then again, Kit and Rod thought all their friends were mm-hmm. dead. Right. And then Rod thinks Kit was dead. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, and you know, Nikki also her boyfriend, uh, who was played by the guy who did. Uh, he ended up having something of a career. The guy with the spiky hair, I forget his right. name. Uh, he ended up doing. Um, what was that? There was a TV show he was in, Evil Incorporated or something. I uh, couldn't tell you. It was. It was one of those. It was during that weird time when USA was making. Which like, character? Uh, 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 what's his name? Nikki's boyfriend. Um, uh. Crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not you, not hell. It was uh, Rob or Buck. Maybe Chaz? Buck. No. Uh, no, Buck was uh, Buck was Chaz. Chaz. Is Chaz. Funny. Chaz. Okay. Yeah. Chaz is uh, yeah that that actor um, right. uh, was in a couple of shows during that period when like uh, Basic Cable was making a whole bunch of weird 
right. kind of self self aware uh, horror pictures, uh, horror shows or, or genre shows. And I think that he in particular starred in one. Yeah, he was playing uh, cops in a lot of things by the nineties too. I yes, think. yeah, yeah. Uh, Clayton Roner, I believe, was is the right. actor's name, and he did uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, and I'm now I'm looking to see if I can find the the title of that show. Good versus Evil. That was the name of the uh, show. I never never saw it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, it was on for like I think a season on USA or something in like right. the nineties. At the time when like, UPN was uh, also was just starting, out. right? Yeah, at the time when like, UPN was coming out with like uh, procedurals about like uh, you know underground supernatural, right? You know, evil fighters, and they were all very self aware. And um, but anyway, yeah, that's besides the point. But anyway, yeah, uh, but yeah, she Nikki watches Chaz, uh, th- thinks Chaz is dead. Um, right. You know that uh, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'd be pretty pissed if I if I was led to believe that you had been killed. And it right? Out, ha ha! April Fools. He yeah, was fine. I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be like, at a well, lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, well, you know, I, I thought he was dead. Right. I was kind of upset by that. You know. Um, oh, that's where I know. That's where I know this guy from. Okay. I'm sorry. I was looking up looking up the guy who played Chaz, and he was in an yeah. epi- like a bad episode from like the first season of Next Generation. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, you, if you're gonna say just, a bad episode of the first season, the Next Generation, that doesn't really uh, yeah. narrow it down too much. But uh, he played like yeah. an admiral who was playing who was taking drugs to make himself younger, and he played the younger version of the admiral, but he also played you know the older version in some really oh, bad old age makeup. Oh, that's why he was also in Nightwish. I, I really like Nightwish, but. Um... Okay. Um, sure yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a fun movie. It's on Prime. Check it. Uh, you can oh, check okay. it out. So it's a, it's a... a lot of these a lot of these actors were like in a lot of you know like one episode wonders of you know TV shows too. Yeah. I noticed. Yeah. Uh, Deborah um, Foreman was something of a was something of a name at the time. As oh, well. I'm not saying I'm not saying nobody yeah. had a name. I'm just saying like a lot yeah. of their credits. You know, were like you know I was in an episode of this or I was you know an episode of that. Mm. Um, the one guy who played the ferryman was uh, in. The mystery spot episode of Supernatural, which you know wasn't oh, that yeah. the first Loki appearance? No, well, no. it was the first one they revealed he was. Yeah, yeah. he was. Right. It was when they revealed he was more than just a simple trickster. That's right. That's right. Um, that was uh, after the reveal. He had appeared in an earlier episode, but right. Um, but yeah, uh, and also the ferryman don't pay him. Don't pay the ferryman. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't but, sure which one of us was going to do that break and do that first, but uh, yeah, it was going to be it was always the, the Tom Servo version, right? Of, uh, you know, Don't pay Don't. the ferryman, but um, but yeah, yeah so left. I mean, we, all, we both had to do it to get there. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, the it's it's still like uh, it reminds it still holds me up of well. What? Yeah, I, I, the movie just holds up well. I mean, it's yeah, I think there's so. a lot of really forgettable slasher movies from this era, and it's yeah. like I said, it was also this was the point where they were trying, you know, it was starting to run out of steam, so they're trying different ideas. Yeah, um, you know, this right after Nightmare came out, and you know, stuff like that. They're trying. Uh, this was between Friday Thirteenth Part Four or Part Five and Part Six, where you know he turned into zombies. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it holds up even you know, even as the genre was trying to figure out its next step. I think this is a, this was a good idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was, and it, it like I said, I think very much ahead of its time. Right. I think that in in the sense that it's it's very it's very much a subversion. It's very right. self aware. Um, it's but it's, it's, it's done uh, well it, enough where you don't really. It doesn't feel like it's winking at itself, you know. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Mocking its its own conceits. It's actually living in that world. I mean, you could put mm-hmm. um, the score of this up against, you know, like Friday Thirteenth Part Three or Four, and I think it would just yeah. it would fit right in. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, even the even the style of camera work and everything. I mean, the, the whole thing is. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you can tell. You know, it's a Frank Mancuso Jr. film. Right. Um, that he produced it because it has a lot in common. With uh, Friday the Thirteenth films, um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's uh, and I uh, like I said, if I think if this movie were made, it, had been made ten years later, it would have been like uh, uh, Scream. Like yeah. it would have been a big deal, um, right? And uh, like I said, because Scream goes along and pretty much does more or less the same thing, but played straight. Where right. it turns out, you know, the deadly game is actually being played for real. Um, but uh, uh, a lot of the other conceits of, of Scream and the Scream series are here, 
Like, yeah. you know, we're going to, we're except without the characters going like, this is like a horror film. Um, right. Which doesn't happen in this movie. Um, they, no. they just, they just, they just think they're being bumped off one by one. And they're, they're yeah, I'm not even sure if, I'm not even sure if there are slasher movies in the universe of this movie, because you, at some point somebody should have mentioned something. They, they only mentioned Agatha Christie. Yes. Um, well, I think that's probably one of their more. I think story wise, that's probably their key influences is, is oh, mysteries, Agatha Christie, and um, right. and uh, then they were like, well, we can play this with the slasher film audience, right. and and, uh, and which again was like, you know, if you hear about Wes Craven talk about Scream, was like mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I like the idea that it was a whodunit, and right. uh, you know, and something of a soap opera, and I was like, that that's April Fool's Day. You know, like there's although there's not that much soap opera, um, like I said, it has it's more there's some around the edges, yeah, but it doesn't go into that too much. Yeah, it's like a a brief. Yeah, there's like a brief scene of uh, of Nikki telling uh, Muffy that uh, not to seduce Chaz, that she's she's worried that Muffy will do something that Muffy might try to take her man away. Then there's the confrontation between Nan, where Nan's like, you know. taking the sound of a baby crying in a room as a slight against her, uh, abortion. Um, and then, uh, you know, we do have, uh, you know, Hal overhearing that conversation and saying Harvey uh, overhearing that conversation and mentioning it later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have a little bit of that, right. That there's, there's, and Rod, you know, Rod's, Just enough to flesh uh, out the characters. Yes, exactly. Anyway, we have Rod's, uh, uh, you know, I'm upset. I'm not going to medical school. Right. Um, although, you know, Rod, I hope you went and tried it anyway, pal. Yeah. You know, but um, but yeah, it's it's a really it's a really fun movie. I I um, mm-hmm. I watched it with Lori. Lori liked it, um, and which I thought she would because um, I remember actually seeing um, it's a it's a documentary, talking head documentary called um, the mm-hmm. 50 best horror films you've never seen. Mentioned this movie, and. Yeah, um, there's a very uh, rather sexist statement of a guy saying like, you know, uh, this will probably be hated by all the, all the guys, but their girlfriends will, will love it. Uh, and I was like, again, because, because women, women, uh, don't like horror movies, I guess. Oh, right. right. Um, but I, yeah, it was, I thought it was a really stupid statement to make, but I was really excited it was on the list, but. Especially since, you know, up until the last five minutes, it's a horror movie. It's just, it's, it doesn't tip its hand. I mean, it's. No. No. It's a slasher but, movie right up to the point where you realize that nobody's actually getting slashed. Yeah, nobody's actually dead. Yeah. Um, and uh, with a rather, I think, a rather fun sequence where they right. explain everything that it doesn't feel too Scooby-Dooey. Um, right. It seems pretty rational. Uh, and I think I think you'd mentioned, you know, if it came out 10 years later, it would be like Scream. I think also if it came out 10 to 15 years later, it would get a lot more hate than it does now because Probably. a lot of people would be like, you know, oh, it's, they're not really dead. This is stupid. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Okay, but you you had everything. You, you realize in these movies that the actors don't die, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. You know, it had everything else. It's just at the end, it turns out that they're not really dead. That's the only yeah. real difference other than yes. you don't get to see the knife plunge into the chest. I mean, in yeah. a lot of movies in the mid-'80s didn't do that because they couldn't pull it off or the MPAA wouldn't let them. I mean – yeah. Yeah. Like I said, part of the reason I think this film had, had gotten the legs it did is because it was easy to play on TV. Yeah, you don't have to cut much of anything out of it, you know. No, no, the even the um, uh, even the sex stuff. There's like there's one um, right. one sex scene that's actually more of a punchline. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then other than that, um, we don't really. There's a couple of of dick jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they they there's, uh, there's some language, but you know, yeah, yeah, but you can language that has always been television. yeah, language yeah. has never been a problem for television. They just they just replace it with the worst you know ADR you can think of, and you're done. Right, you uh, cut you maybe cut the transition between a guy you know right. a guy saying like someone's gonna pull his wang and then right. getting into a hot dog. You know, yeah, they would have to they would probably you know cut that out. That for was television. a great transition. That was yeah, that was wonderful transition. Show. Yeah. And then a fun conversation between three the th- uh, three central female characters uh, uh, right. doing a sex quiz at like Alleged- Cosmo. Allegedly, the director um, saw them doing that, you know, in their free time, and wrote something in about that because he liked oh. it so much. Um, That's really cute. Yeah. Yeah, which you know, again, it it kind of makes the characters real in a short amount of time, mm. and 
that's something a lot of movies don't take the time to do, even though if you do it right, it doesn't take much time, you know? Just... No, no. Yeah, I but know again, that, uh... all this is under an hour and a half. I mean, including the yeah. credits. Well, yeah. yeah. I know you had just, you know, finished up uh, four hours of Zack Snyder for uh, <laughs> Invasion of the Podcast, which uh, is yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah. It, and I'm still trying to make it through that movie, by the way. I, oh, you I haven't finished have... Oh God, yeah. no! I just I keep turning it off whenever I get frustrated, so it, it never actually ends. <laughs> it never ends, um, right? I like last night I got to just the beginning of part six, and I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm almost there, and I realized there's an hour and a half in part six. Yeah, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> it's 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 the last part though. I think there's just the epilogue after that, but oh, thank Christ. Um, but yeah, um, but I was talking about you know, you, this is the opposite of that, you know. You, yes. There's yeah, not really but any wasted time in this movie. No, it's not. there's no wasted time at all. Uh, there's no all, indulgence. It's there's It's just get in, do your thing, get out. Yeah. Turn that theater over for the next group and let's go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it works so well. It, it's, it's such a fast-paced movie mm-hmm. um, that – and, and such and a, a lot of slash, movie. A lot of slasher movies have this like second act drag and a lot of movies in general, I, I, I know I've mentioned this before, have this second act where everything slows down and you get kind of yeah. antsy. This one, no, it just keeps the same pace throughout. You're you're just zipping along. No, it just what? well, I mean, it, it 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 uses the second act to really kick off the to to really kick off right. the action. Right, it, it spends the first act establishing who these people are. Yeah, it's um, almost like they knew what they were doing when they made this. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really really solidly made film. It's a it's a rare yeah. thing to see in horror a a, a B squad a B lineup movie, which is you know because it's not Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween no. or whatever. Yeah. Um, to actually be competently made and competently written and competently acted and, you know, just just works on what it's trying to do. Uh, yeah. So check it out if you haven't. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that Bobby about wraps us up. That, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, any any last uh, last pranks we want to play on our on our listeners before we go? Uh, no, I think Zack Snyder's Justice League's probably enough. Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter is, is, is Superman's bomb. Everybody. Damn it. As I keep saying, I, I I told you I turned it off when I got frustrated. I got to that part and I turned it off for two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just went back to it last night and I'm like, uh, we I, I uh, uh, when I did the guest spot on Invasion of the Podcast, we uh, we ended up going on for like a good 15 minutes about uh, uh, with me basically basically insisting right. now that my new fan theory is that uh, anytime Diane Lane has been in one of those movies, she has been Marshall Manhunter the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so oh, man, of, so that basically Martian Manhunter married uh, Kevin Costner, right, right. Uh, and then they found Superman. Like he's been there that long, um, <laughs> and so that he Sounds basically right. is. And I think Paul then went on to say, like he, he was hoping for uh, when it's revealed Batman bought the Kent farm back from the bank that uh, it, like right. she would turn around, her eyes would glow red, and right. uh, would be like, "Thanks for the house, Batman." Like you know, but. Am um, I misremembering it? Didn't he buy the house? Didn't he buy the bank like in Batman versus Superman? Didn't he buy that at the end, or was that? No, that was you're movie? thinking of you're thinking of the uh, of the theatrical cut of Justice League. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm April not going to go back and watch that. I'm not going to go watch and watch that again. I, I watched. <laughs> I watched Man I of Steel. I watched Batman versus Superman, and I'm like, I'm no. See, I didn't do Man of Steel. I, I rewatched Batman versus Superman and the and Justice League, and then I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League the next night. Ah, I see. And um, you yeah. watched it but, all in one night. My God! Oh man. yeah, the Zack Snyder one. Yeah, yeah, yeah one all at once. Yeah, I um, can watch the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy in one night, but that's actually a competent movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole different story. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, April, so April, April Fools. We ended up talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League for no reason. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Uh. What about you? you? Got any last thoughts on April Fools' Day before we uh, close out? I, I say it every year. April Fools should should be code for legalized murder. Uh, if you're if you're playing a prank, you get what you get. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, yeah. Don't do it. You're an asshole. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. I guess that would be my last thought. Is that one more thing is I wanted to talk about uh, 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 that Slaughter High um, mm-hmm. is another movie that takes place in April Fools. Day has a has something of a twist ending, but it's also the only movie in history I think that has ever brought up the noon rule of April Fools' Day. You're familiar with the noon rule? Uh, that no. supposedly in classical tradition of April Fools, you're spo- not supposed to play pranks after noon. Um, oh. If you play the prank after noon, you're the fool. 
But I never get up before noon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it, I. I think the theory is that it runs between midnight and noon. I see. Uh, it's like a different format. Okay, I got. You. I think you can do it before bed. Yes, but right. supposedly, uh, in in ancient tradition, the idea mm-hmm. is you're not supposed to play pranks after noon. Noon is it's for the morning. Right. Uh, if you do after that, you're 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 the fool, which basically means you're an asshole. Right. Um, but if you do it at all, you're an asshole. Just, I just I kind of it. agree. I mean, like I I, I don't well, mind. The thing uh, with I don't pranks, mind. The thing with I like jokes, but the thing yeah. with pranks is there's always it's always punching down at somebody. There's always somebody like, yeah. who's, who's at the short end of that stick. I don't mind like snake in a can, you know, like goofy stuff like that. But I think right, like, right. April Fool's April Fool's Day jokes have become like saying you're pregnant online, and, yeah. and you know, and then being like, no, sorry, mom. I mean, there's uh, whole, yeah, there's pregnant. whole there's whole YouTube channels of just you know quote unquote pranks, and it's just people going around being assholes in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, like hey, uh, 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 that the clowns uh, where they have the killer clowns in the subway or whatever. You know, oh like yeah, that. yeah. Don't yeah. do it, guys. Just don't. Yeah. And stop making. Watch this yeah. movie. Watch Slaughter High. Yeah. Watch Clue. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's a better that's a better use of your April Fool's Day than uh, than right. actually playing pranks. Uh, but yeah, so if you are going to play any pranks for April Fool's Day, please uh, please keep them nice and yeah. uh, and do playful noon. and and do them before noon apparently because that's apparently that's the law. Uh, but yeah, uh, that about wraps us up. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and um, we remind you to uh, uh, keep it positive, keep it constructive, love yourself, love your fellow horror fans. Uh, I am Nathaniel. And I'm Samuel. And uh, we thank you very much for listening to this episode of At the Devil's Ball. We'll see you next time. Um, thank you very much. Good night. And namaste.